A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to the SmackDown preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Hamplett from What Culture, to look ahead to tonight's episode of SmackDown on Fox. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, Make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review Raw and SmackDown, but also the Wednesday Night War between AW and NXT pay-per-views. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a Malaga quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Hamlet. Look forward to what is anticipated to be a very eventful episode of SmackDown. Time has no meaning, so I was genuinely surprised to remember, oh, yeah, it was Fastlane that preceded this show, but I often, you know, write the words Fastlane or whatever the pay-per-view is, Fallout, as a part of my previews for Raw and SmackDown the following week. But never has it more rung more true than, than on this show. Yeah, um, in the notes that you obviously lovingly prepare for these podcasts so we can do some prep. I know, despite what it might sound like, we do do prep. Um, <laughs> I was reading back these things. And it struck me, and I feel like we covered this a little bit in last week's, it was either the SmackDown preview or the Fastlane preview, that Fastlane was like, it was virtually a SmackDown pay-per-view with added Crispy Fiend, wasn't it? That was <laughs> yes. pretty much, like, it felt like when we were talking about, oh, they're going to add matches, what are the big angles coming out the back of it, um, that this was just a Blue Brand show. There was, I know we had the big Drew fight, but there was no Bobby Lashley match, which seemed odd. There was all these massive WrestleMania implications in the women's tag team title match and in the Universal Championship match. And now, looking at what's going to potentially happen on SmackDown tonight, it all feels as if Fastlane actually had a purpose beyond testing Peacock. Mm. It feels as if they actually set wheels in motion on the road to WrestleMania that went beyond just making sure the servers worked. I mean, it turned out that Peacock's biggest problem is sifting through finding the problematic content. I do wonder what is going to be left. Yeah. <laughs> like I, to be honest, I just point in the direction of Kid Icarus's spreadsheet for the five star review review. There's a fairly documented guide of things cut, 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 cut straight away. Just get rid of all of them. Peacock have got new Type problems. Type like they've got new problems beyond this. There's no results found or something. <laughs> it's just that's it. Yeah, the, the, the 404 error that is the entire WWE back catalogue at this point <laughs> is frightening. So it's a good job they built stuff at Fastlane because then at least there's actually going to be things to talk about in 2021 they can use and they can actually broadcast 
there's more things at this point that would fit an AEW network than a WWE one. That's what dark <laughs> yes. elevation exists for. Exactly. Um, so looking ahead to SmackDown and, as you say, the, the subsequent final few shows before WrestleMania, WWE are doing a very good job, I have to admit, of panicking me. We've all heard <laughs> the reports uh, from like Brian Alvarez immediately after the show and during the week that this Universal Championship match is obviously going to have to be made into a triple threat after Edge. Screw Daniel Bryan out of the title on Sunday. And WWE, because it's the most WWE thing ever, are, you know, not saying, oh, we'll find out all the fallout from this and then, you know, the ramifications for the title picture. Their little 30-second video preview is just like, well, there we have it. Edge versus Roman at WrestleMania. How does that play into what happens next for these two on their Universal Championship match sort of thing? (laughs) And, uh, yeah, just, just sort of pushing Daniel Bryan to one side, which I know they've done a lot in the past, hence my slight concern, but he has to be added tonight, doesn't he? I mean, I think so. That, like, without even... Do you say it was Brian Alvarez that made the comments? So, I think like, it was, so yeah. Without it coming from, you know, a relatively sort of trusted or familiar source, that felt like the tell in the match anyway. You felt like you could read that just even as a casual observer that, well, the way that that match played out, the way that Edge and Daniel Bryan have kind of gradually been instigating something all of their own over the last few weeks it's felt more than just implied that the triple threat was forthcoming and great because Daniel Bryan has talked himself into the role great because the quality of the match will be probably even better than it was likely to be Mm -hmm. and great because at long last this contest this contest has a definitive baby face we were I'd say joking but I think there was an air of concern uh lamenting the prospect of 25,000 people finally cheering Roman Reigns at WrestleMania all the years after, like they've been trying to get this done when Edge is supposed to be the returning babyface, He wasn't feeling like that guy. Daniel Bryan was, and it felt like they were actually listening to those. I don't want to call them complaints. I don't think they were complaints, listening to feedback, mm. listening to the, the, maybe the online buzz around Daniel Bryan and maybe some of the online criticism towards the Edge character, the fact mm. that there wasn't a lot of sympathy to be found in this Edge gimmick, this serious man, not least because his job was done in January. His job was to wait for a talent, for a champion to defeat all the other challengers and then turn up at WrestleMania and fight him. He shouldn't have been dragged into this storyline in the first place. For all the people saying it's great storytelling... I don't know about that because why didn't Edge just sit back and wait for it? So what if Daniel Bryan won the title? Like, mm. So what? Edge's job was done at the Royal Rumble. Um, if anything, it's it's not so much great storytelling as it is great retconning. It's playing the cards that you've been dealt and, and the card, as is often the case at WrestleMania, you've been dealt. It's got Daniel Bryan's face on it. Yeah, I, I, I just think this, this, like you say, improves everything. I love the dynamic now because I, I talked about this a lot in the immediate aftermath of Fastlane and I remember it because it was actually on a reasonable sodding time for once. Um, <laughs> but the, the 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 mixture of chaotic good, Daniel Bryan, chaotic evil, mm. uh, Roman Reigns, and then Edge, who I still perceive to be somewhere in the middle. You can't have him obviously be a baby face. He can't be, oh, I don't know what came over me on Sunday, et cetera, et cetera. Because <laughs> then you've got a heel fighting against the odds. And I don't think you can have him go full heel because that position's already taken by one tribal chief. So I mm-hmm. love the the bit where he's, you know, 
he's still got this fairy tale comeback story going on, but he's also informed by the fact that he was a bit of a knobhead when he used to be world champion. That was when he did his best work, in my opinion. So I love this. And along with all the points you've made as well, for me, this makes what I assume is going to be night two of WrestleMania's main event all the more unpredictable. Yes, you could have argued, oh, maybe they'll give, give Edge the feel-good victory. But I reckon the majority of people would have said, yeah, they'll give him some nice moments and some nice spots. But at the end of the day, Roman's going over and Roman's retaining and potentially holding that title for another year, for all we know. Mm-hmm. Now, not just with Daniel Bryan being included, but it being a triple threat and the age-old, well, champion doesn't have to be pinned to lose the title. I have no idea who leaves WrestleMania 37 as Universal Champion. And that is to WWE's credit, even if they've only decided, like you say, in the last couple of months to do that. The opposite of that, in terms of what a what a brilliant way they've recovered this build and made me more and more excited for this match as the weeks have gone on, is Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair. Uh, we talked about this on Sunday night, Monday morning, effectively, Hamlet, but... They haven't killed my interest in it by any stretch of the imagination. It'd be almost impossible to do that, but they have Mm. dampened it. Although definitive roles now in terms of Sasha being a heel again and Bianca being a baby face, even even though I think they pulled the trigger on that Sasha heel turn far too soon. I think she needs to lose the title to then discover her dark side again. At least we know where we stand with these two going forward. Yeah, I think we do. Um, I'm not so sure if what we got was a committed heel turn so much as just a committed heel characteristic that would inform this story. A certain disrespect that Sasha Banks has been hiding um, that she's harboured for Bianca Belair as this rookie. That was the word that she was using, wasn't it? It was rookie. Yes. It's the sort of thing that as a baby face, you're just like, oh, you're a rookie. I'm going to bring you up. Um, and as a heel, you say you're a rookie and you're not on my level. And I think that's that's maybe the trait she's going to show in this. And it'll, it'll absolutely do. You're right. There's a... There's a clear dividing line now, and not to be, not to be boring, um, because it's more fun to pitch fun than it is to pitch dry, and we get a lot of that on NXT now, probably more than ever. Here I am asking for two intense rivals to just be permitted to be intense. I don't need um, attacks in the street, and Adam Pearce saying you brought this brand into disrepute. Got the bloody police need... involved. <laughs> but I need. More training videos for the pair of them. Yeah. Uh, this is an intense athletic sporting contest where they both believe themselves to be the best. Um, I need Sasha Banks to show more of that. Again, it doesn't need to be like over heelish stuff, but just like a disrespect, just a dismissive tone towards Bianca Belair that she's like not taking her seriously enough. And then Bianca Belair to do something that proves that. And you have only got, what is it? Three Smackdowns left. Yeah. To do that with, that's that's a good thing. That genuinely should be a help rather than a hindrance to this feud. Um, just having three episodes left, it's a nice three episodes with which to do. Let's say on the go-home show you do a contract signing. Let's be generous to that actually being good. Um, you've got two episodes left to show that these are both warriors, that Sasha Banks has got this unbelievable back catalogue of matches that gives her the belief that she's a level above Bianca Belair. But Bianca Belair has got this unbelievable catalogue of skills that gives her the belief that she's better than Sasha Banks believes her to be. Like, there's such a a rich and yet oddly quite simple way to tell, like, the last beat of this story. And in the move this week, 
that I fully support from, well, Twitter predominantly, um, to put these two into the main event, that hashtag that trended about Sasha and Bianca Belair main event in night one of uh, WrestleMania, maybe have the guts to book that. Like, maybe have the guts to now say, oh, and by the way, you're going to go on last. You're a Royal Rumble winner. We promised that Royal Rumble winners would main event for titles, and here we are. We're delivering on that promise. And that in itself elevates the stakes, elevates the programme that got completely lost in Reginald and in tag belts and whatnot. Like, I, I think there's a, a huge opportunity to turn quite a few negatives into a giant positive with there only being three weeks left to go. I, I agree with you, but I don't think they will. I, I think that the chance <laughs> for them to have the main event of WrestleMania went at the moment they booked that second tag team title match for Fastlane. I just think it's it's such a mess now. And, and I mean, you've got Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre waiting in the wings. And I, I, for me, that's the main event now, as much as I've been campaigning since bloody January that these two should have main evented. But... It's just the wheels have completely come off. Like you say, no more Reginald, no more tag team bollocks involved in all this. And we've been booking this for months. It's really easy, right? And I, I don't want to bury her, but either this week or next week or the week after, you have Bianca Belair face Carmella and beat her in like two minutes, right? This is nothing to do with Carmella being bad. This is Bianca Belair being so good and Sasha Banks going, Oh, God, that took me, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes on pay-per-view. Yes, the Reginald Bollocks might have you, but I struggled with Carmella. Bianca Belair is just, just hoid her around like an empty tracksuit, in the word of Adam, the words of Adam Nicholas, and batter her in, yeah, in, inside five minutes, let's say. Yeah, I mean, it's I'm kind of advocating for that as well, because the one thing that I think this um, most things post-Royal Rumble actually have done has kind of scaled back on presenting just what a super athlete Bianca Belair is. Hmm. You know, take me back to the Bailey assault course skits. Take me back to the quality matches that, yes, I'm aware that Bianca Belair lost to Bailey in one of those matches, but just to evidence, hard evidence of what she is, the Royal Rumble match itself for a physical performance in ring and then an emotional one after the fact. She's ready. She just needs to show Sasha Banks the character that she isn't the rookie that the boss believes it'll be. Um, Carmella, perfect, yeah, because the match will be of a good standard, um, even if it's short and it'll, as you say, sort of show, well, look how hard work you made of this when I've kind of bang, 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 done it. I'm more ready for this than you can ever imagine. Um, that's like the really simple stuff because these are incredible athletes. Like that's the easiest thing to do is to ask these awesome athletes who got into an industry that requires them to just show off how awesome they are like, that's the easiest thing to book. It's like, can you show off how brilliant you are for three weeks? Oh, yep, can I do that every week, please? Well, <laughs> we'll, just, we'll just take three for now, and then we might want you to get distracted by a champagne dealer. But right now, can you just do everything that you've trained to do, please? All right, yeah, I can. Leave, leave it with me. <laughs> I, like, I honestly think this presents, like, the short run time between Fastlane and WrestleMania presents a real opportunity to fix this. Mm. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. 
And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Before we go any further, though, this podcast is brought to you by Rocket Money. Do you ever feel like money is just flying out of your account and you've got no idea where it's going? Well, it's all those subscriptions. I mean, think about it. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it is endless. I'm guilty of this, so I used Rocket Money to help me find out what subscriptions I'm actually spending money on, and it was more shocking than a wrestling betrayal. You see, Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in cancelled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. That's rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. More fast lane fallout to get into now. And uh, on the one hand, massive relief that friend of the channel, Big E, didn't have his Intercontinental Championship taken away from him at fast lane. Slight disappointment with the way it went down. Uh, a, a botch is generally what it's being presented as. It was meant to be some sort of, you know, clever reversal and, you know, keep Apollo looking strong. These two are destined for WrestleMania, aren't they? Apollo Crews and Big E, and deservedly so in my book. Yeah, I think so. Um, opinions seem split on this series. I'm a fan of it. Um, I think the matches have been good. I think the five minutes or so that we got the fast lane were brilliant before yeah. that finish. But yeah, the finish was, I don't know if it was on the wrestlers. I don't know if it was on the agent. And I don't know if this sense of confusion is what we were supposed to come out of the show with in order to retain Apollo Crews' credibility. It's this obsession with protection, man. It helps nobody. You 50-50 book stuff like this. You don't make two guys look like winners. You make them both look like losers. Yeah. And they've never learned this lesson and they make the mistake over and over again. It's such a shame to see because does Apollo Crews feel like a loser despite the fact that this storyline came together because he lost repeatedly? He doesn't, does he? No. Like they know from this exact angle that you can still book winners and losers and you can preserve the integrity of a character. So I was really disappointed with that choice of finish. We, I think we were nervous about something cheap happening on the night and like a questionable roll-up was the one they went with over, mm. say, like a DQ or a count out or whatever. But yes, sorry, long answer to that short question. We should get this again at WrestleMania. Um, we should get afters. Biggie shouldn't feel like he's got everything he wanted from Apollo Crews, not least because Crews decked him after the match. Crews showed a um, 
an elevated intensity in this role for the first time. Like so far, it's been about doing the accent and all the gear and the perception that he is now far and away above the Apollo Crews he used to be. What we had in that beatdown was a quite a nasty mean streak that he's been able to mm. show off for the first time since he turned on Big E, you know, since that brutal attack that put Big E out in the first place. We saw it in more of a wrestling context. So I think all, I think this is all set up. I think this is good to go. Again, I think they're going to be relatively well helped by the runtime because you could almost say, I would like to think that Big E will try again to assault Apollo Crews like he did the other week with the golf cart stuff. Like, you know, can't oh, yeah. And they do that, right, you can't touch to WrestleMania. And that little thing between them, because the violence is overspilled on SmackDown, the violence is overspilled on the pay-per-view. And this one night, it happens again. And Adam Pearce, whomever, is left with no choice but to keep them separate until the night itself. I was listening to a great podcast this week by, uh, oh, Michael Hamper and Adam Wilborn predicting WrestleMania 37, uh, <laughs> talking about this match. We, we sort of fantasy booked a lot of stipulations in all, you know, multi-mans or whatever. Would you step up this match at WrestleMania or would you like, I, I really like the, the no contact rule before WrestleMania. I think that's fantastic. I want to step it up, probably. I think you're probably going to have to. Um, I'm wary of um, WrestleMania falling into that same trap that um, Revolution did. About You kind of don't notice that all the matches will get stipulations until you line them up next to each other. You're like, oh, right, there's an unsanctioned. There's a no holds barred. Blah, blah, blah. Like, I, I don't want them... Because uh, it happens without realising. You set up a lot of feuds, and a lot of feuds turn out to feel like blood feuds, so you give them the stipulation, like, wait a minute, wait a minute, we've just called that one, like, think about the fact that there's a takeover run into this as well, and you've got an mm-hmm. unsanctioned match between Cole and O'Reilly, etc. It's a lot if you start, like, stepping them all up. I'd be tempted to keep this as a straight singles match and just make sure that you measure the intensity on the way there, because I'd put Apollo Crews over at WrestleMania as well. If he goes over, if he goes over um, with, I mean, he can cheat a little bit as a heel, but if he goes over in a straight wrestling match, then it's the best possible start for him as champion too. Mm. I, 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 that, that, coming back to that, that booking you suggested with them not touching each other, to add to that, and I'm, I'm going to sound like a broken record here, have Apollo Crews face someone he previously faced when he was the old Apollo Crews and have him murder them in five minutes. I realise I've just booked that exact same thing with, with Bianca Belair and Carmella, but just as a real definitive, oh, Apollo Crews used to yeah, have some fun and, you know, do all... Nah, none of that now. Like you say, the way that they started that match, it was so disappointing the way it finished. It came out bloody... I didn't even see the finish because I was so like, oh, you know, one, two, here we go. Wait a second, what? That's it, sort of thing. So, yeah. Um, but inexplicable that people say, oh, it's bloody feud again. No, great. They're both doing some fantastic work. We've got definitive baby face and heel dynamics in amongst all this. But Biggie, because he's fantastic, can do the, the twee baby face bollocks and then transition into taking his feet out of a sodding hot tub and kicking yeah. someone's ass. Or like you say, he pulled off what could have could have been a bit iffy driving a golf cart around the <laughs> Tropicana field and, and looking for uh, Apollo. But yeah, more of that sort of thing. Uh, we also had Seth Rollins versus Shinsuke Nakamura at Fastlane. Fine match, uh, particularly you and I were, were big fans of uh, the new manoeuvre, however you want to describe it, that Seth Rollins pulled out towards the end of that match. Uh, but that's all presumably leading towards Seth Rollins versus Cesaro at WrestleMania. It's tonight the night Cesaro returns, do you think? I hope so for Cesaro's sake. 
I'm running with this theory until I'm very hopefully proved wrong that Fastlane was a test run for the Seth Rollins-Cesaro singles match at WrestleMania. And if it was, my fear is that it failed. Mm. Um, I don't think it was a particularly thrilling match. It was something that, especially because it had such short notice, I think people were really quite excited about. I think there was a sudden, because it got announced on the Friday right before the pay-per-view, didn't it? There was yeah. a, a sudden like surging buzz for Seth Rollins and Nakamura again. The only time they'd done it was when it was brand versus brand at the Survivor Series, and they were kind of overwhelmed by that. But this time, it's going to be just a straight-up match. And the whole point is that like, Nakamura is wrestling for his friend and Seth's trying to prove a point, and the match didn't get anywhere near that in terms of like dramatic heft. In-ring was fine, as you say, but what's fine anymore? Like... Fine is something I'd probably complain about on a Wednesday Night War review. Yeah. That's what, that's what fine is. It's certainly not what we once knew of Seth Rollins on a Sunday. So I would like Seth Rollins and Cesaro. I feel like it's I feel like it's nice, let's be honest. It's nice for Cesaro to get the singles match after so long in WWE at WrestleMania with a feud that's been built since, what, January when Seth returned and they had that fight after Seth's speech to the roster. It's a, it's a long-term story. It's something that Cesaro can win. I'm not saying it's going to make him WWE champion or anything or change what Vincent Mann thinks about him. I just think it'd be nice for him. <laughs> I, I, uh, he, he comes across like a great bloke and it's nice when good things happen to good people. So I hope for more reasons beyond kayfabe that, yeah, tonight is the tonight that story is achieved that Cesaro does return, does wish to avenge um, Nakamura's loss and Seth realises he's in too deep. And to be honest, promos, I don't really want to hear from Seth, but I want to look at him while he talks. Yeah. So um, I don't want a long diatribe, but I want long enough to work out where I would rank Seth's suit against all the other ones that he's wore <laughs> coming back. Because they're all absolutely amazing. He looks incredible. So I'll have some of that. I just don't need to. I think you can keep it fairly brief. Yeah, I don't know whether it's, it would be very WWE if they just randomly had Seth versus Shinsuke again tonight. Just yeah, I can see that. I can see that. So whether they do that or whether they have a, a Seth Rollins boasty promo keep it tight for god's sake everyone but uh, i've only just thought about this seth's wearing suits isn't he so in his wrestlemania entrance this year the big gear he can tear it away like cesaro yes. used to get the piss out of him that's ah i did not figure that out until now but whether you do this tonight next friday or friday after i, I genuinely can't believe they've not hit this open goal. Oh, as far as i'm aware they've not hit this open goal uh what was it 22 times he got swung yeah. Have Cesaro either return and attack him, or like I said, in future weeks, just come in and attack him, start swinging him, ad break, return from ad break, he's still getting swung. <laughs> like they don't actually have to do it. I'm not yeah. saying picture, in picture, but we all know how it plays out. We all know the guys in the Thunderdome don't see what actually happens, they just see what we see. So, yeah, do that. And just, just, oh, oh, and SmackDown rolls on, and then it comes, oh, 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 and he's still like, it's like, this is, it's simple stuff like that. That's all I want to see. And then, like you say, you just get a mint match between these two at Mania. I would pitch the cold open to SmackDown being the move happening mid swing, because what a segue from Wheel of Fortune that we happen to know that people in Minnesota watched just before SmackDown on their early evening broadcast. So you've got the wheel spinning and spinning and spinning, and then SmackDown starts cold with Seth getting spun and spun and spun. <laughs> I make it, maybe we can watch SmackDown tonight because it's actually it's the final chance we get of a reasonable time before the clocks go forward. 
what time must it start at that particular time zone? Like, it's like two in the afternoon or something. And people just like, having the dinner and sticking on SmackDown. Uh, very quickly, uh, before we get to the final point, uh, it just feels like every tag team's beating every other tag team to presumably set up a ladder match at WrestleMania. Yeah. Um, this isn't storytelling. This is matchmaking. Uh, so it's hard to approach it with any sort of excitement. They've not really tried, I don't think. Maybe they, am I, somebody will remind us uh, somebody that will have been a something with a, a story beat somewhere between the Alpha Academy and the Mysterios, perhaps. But I can only watch what's in front of me. And what I've watched is the tag teams fighting each other every week. Tends to be that Otis and Gable get a bit of an advantage over the Mysterios. It tends to be that the dirty dogs look on and try and be above it all. I it think I be... they were great on commentary last week. I want to give them a quick nod as well. Yeah. Totally agree. I think they've actually been pretty tremendous in that role of looking down upon yeah. everybody else, as have the Street Profits in being the baby faces just trying to get the belts back. Like <laughs> kind of, it's like they've, they've like most teams just get infinite rematches. They're wondering where's their like Randy Orton, Drew McIntyre clause. Like, do we just not keep getting goals until we get them back? Instead, they've walked into like something out of David Bowie's Labyrinth or something like that. Well, has this happened? They've got there's there's Ludo with Chad Gable. You know, like I can't work out why they've got so many obstacles all of a sudden. Um, yeah, it's it's felt this way since pretty much Ziggler and Rude won the belts. They've I'll give them this. I'll give SmackDown this. They've made it look as if there's a, a fully functioning tag division, even if in reality it's just four teams yeah. on, on a constant loop. Like it kind of looks like there's this competitive league of teams that desperately want the shot and all that sort of thing. In reality, it feels like for a long time now it's been setting up the four-way spot fest probably with a ladder, probably at WrestleMania. Okay. They can flip the belts between now and then. They've like they, I, I don't believe they care, and I think they show us that, but I do believe they've got the match in mind. Just don't get the IC title, of the, the way they built the IC title. Oh, you've got the tag belts. Well, you've got the fake tag belts. You've got the... I've stolen the belt. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. But yes, the, like you say, the, the one-upmanship and the constant beating of each other Particularly what I, I thought it was absolutely sensational. I really want to put it over. Dolph Ziggler and Robert Root just going, yeah, fight out amongst yourselves. You're good. You're good. We're all good. But we'll uh, we'll fight the winners eventually once you've worked out. In the meantime, we'll just hit <laughs> nice, shine, nice shiny belts or whatever. Uh, right, to conclude here, Hamflet, uh, we know about the new rule uh, regarding uh, leg slapping within WWE. No slapping of the leg. Instead, kick your best mate as hard as you can in the back of his head like Sami Zayn did to Kevin Owens last week. It, um, I, I, I mean, <laughs> the easiest bit of booking ever. Oh, we haven't really got much for uh, Kevin Owens. Should we just put him with his best mate and they'll probably put on a five-star classic? Yeah, let's just do that. But um, I love this. I love the, the the spiraling out of control of Sami Zayn and, well, have his conspiracy theories finally gone too far last week? Yeah, they, I, I love this. Earnestly love this. What an image it was of Kevin Owens absorbing the boot, but still midway through speaking to the commentators. So his hands were out as if he was in the middle of a thought and they managed to capture the foot hitting his head while he's yet to sell it in the face. Fantastic. Um, yeah, Sami Zayn's conspiracy panic has led him to believe that even his best friend can't be trusted. Kevin Owens has never really betrayed himself because even as a baby face, he's not just out and out called Sami a raging idiot. He was trying to meet him halfway a little bit as a, as a baby face, which I really appreciated. Um, and I'm bang up for this. I'm totally, totally up for this. Of all the people 
to be fair to wild-haired documentarian Sami Zayn, of all the people to be paranoid about, there's a lot of evidence to suggest Kevin Owens would be one. In his frazzled mind, when he wakes up in a cold sweat at night, what are going to be some of the things he remembers? Oh yeah, all the times Kevin Owens turned on him. There is some method to his madness, and I love that. I love the idea that his documentary that we might eventually see won't just be like filmed footage of him. It'll be him sat at home and then thinking like, um, I don't know why people think I'm obsessed or anything. And then the camera pans and it's just a, like that NXT 2014 turn of the power bomb on the apron over and over and over again. Why do people always call me obsessed? Like people think I'm just like, the, the, the world's out to get me. Maybe the world is out to get me. And then you just see Kevin Owens slamming his head against the post and just like all this footage looping over and over again of all the times that he's battered him, just to give you that tiny bit of justification for this, but not so much justification that you can't be like, oh, mate, stop being such an arsehole. Like, you're all right now, you were mates. Um, I love that. I love that. The, I love the depth they can add to this mm. through years and years, and, well, Christ, every version of this rivalry. It probably does, like, warrant a WrestleMania singles match, this. They could really mine the archives. They could follow at MythGifts on Twitter, um, and see all the work that she's put in over the years into this incredible rivalry. She never misses a single beat. Go and follow her for all of that. Um, they could make this a lot of fun. And the wrestlers themselves, Owens and Zane, will want the match to steal the show. It might not do it, but they'll want it to. Yeah, I think that's the key thing here is, is the fun aspect as well. Because like you say, on the night, it doesn't have to be a wacky match, but mm. the build does not need to be super duper serious. I think you're going to get that mainly with the Universal Championship. Yes, you've got a bit of light and shade with 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 Brian and Edge, and and you know Roman's just great, even though he's delivering just like I'm going to kill you all sort of vibes from it all. <laughs> but yeah, I'd have you know one either this week or in future weeks. Sami Zayn comes down to the ring. He's got his little beanie on. He's got, and then. He gets knocked off and he's actually got a tinfoil hat on underneath it or something like that. Go full Charlie from It's Always Sunny. Have him in a back room with little red wires going from bit of scraps of paper and, like you say, photos of camp. Easter eggs on that board, man. Think of the fun they could have with Easter eggs on that. I remember when Brizango was the fashion police. Yes. Every week was just about looking in the background details. Oh, that'd be so good. All the, like, there'd be an El Generico mask. Sat in the corner somewhere. There'll be a kill steam kill T-shirt. Yes. It'll have been all that sort of stuff. Oh yeah, the, yeah. This could be really, really good. Just have a, a fun thing, like you say. Uh, we need to see this documentary before WrestleMania. Whether you put it on SmackDown or you put it as a .dot com exclusive or on YouTube, people will watch it. Uh, and and I just think, yeah, they, they they we talk about this all the time when we review NXT Light and Shade. It's not got to be all so serious. We've had the blood feud between these two. You know, we know that this isn't, I've got to kill you, Kevin Owens, or whatever. It's just the delusions of a man spiraling out of control. But it's Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, and they will entertain you and guarantee a spectacular match on the night. I'm oh, God, if they mess this up now. It's one of those things, again, where we've (laughs) fancy booked it, and now if they don't do it, I'm going to be really disappointed. But anyway... Worst thing about any of this would be if they kind of like backed off from it and just threw them both into a multi-man. No, I think that's, I think that's worse than botching the build. It's yeah. just being like, you two are going to feature in a in a four-way ladder match, or the Intercontinental Title is going to be yeah. hung above the ring, or whatever. Like that would be actually worse than just not giving them their attempt, giving them the chance this and time. We've had that a lot with like Money in the Bank and stuff, where they have the spot where they just constantly punch each other in the head. Just have this, and it, you know. 
it's not for a title. It's not for anything like that. But maybe, maybe if Sammy, tell you what, when was it when, uh, was it the Mountie and the boss man? The loser went to jail? Where was that? Yes. Yeah. In the Sun Night One, yeah. Jailhouse. That, but maybe make Sammy Zayn go off and talk to someone if he loses and he gets dragged off. Just, <laughs> let's just have some fun with this, for Christ's sake, everyone. We need it. And the crowd would pop for it regardless. I was going to say loser gets therapy, but surely at this point, like every single WWE wrestler would just be laying down because they all deserve <laughs> some counseling yes. and some help just to get through their weeks. Exactly. Uh, right, let us know your thoughts ahead of SmackDown tonight on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE on Twitter. I uh, said that twice, just, just in case you were unaware. It's Twitter I'm talking about. Uh, you can follow Michael Hamflet at... I'm on, I'm on tout at Michael Hamflet. <laughs> you can follow me. Oh, God, tout. At Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. Uh, and make sure you subscribe to what Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from. For daily wrestling podcast, me and Hamplot over the weekend talking about the day WCW Nitro died. Uh, and of course, tomorrow, Phil and Gareth reviewing SmackDown. But this has been the SmackDown preview. My thanks to Michael Hamplot. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to bring something like this to life. Yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend (laughs) that I don't right Hold it in. And our current faves. Luffy must have his due. (laughs) Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. I remember, what was that? (laughs) Say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel.